This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash Arts Council England. Good morning, everybody, and um, welcome, and thank you very much, Veronica, for chairing. Um, in the context, as Veronica's already talked about, of the government, the coalition government coming in last year and the new political agenda around giving and the Secretary of State's wish particularly to enhance philanthropy, um, we did some work in the Arts Council and did some research over over about 18 months, which resulted in Alan Davies' report, which offered an analysis of the situation concerning philanthropy around the country. What it also came to the conclusion was that endowments, although um, a very worthwhile venture, uh, was not appropriate for most of the arts sector in this country. Um, Therefore, although the agenda was to get the arts sector to improve the culture of asking, um, as well as the Secretary of State and others of us working in advocacy with philanthropists to improve the culture of giving to the arts, we still felt that for many, if not most of our organisations, um, actually getting involved in an endowment scheme was not going to make sense. So when the investment was decided from the government to invest in endowments, um, we took a decision in the Arts Council based on this research and these roundtables and these interviews that we'd done across the country that we would also come in with some significant lottery money in addition to the Uh, government's um, money and we would take it to the next couple of levels where we felt it was going to be more of value to most of the arts organisations in this country. Uh, Therefore we weren't going to look a gift horse in the mouth but we were going to hopefully try and build on it with some additional money. Um, So we announced a sum that we would spend and this of course has turned into Catalyst. Um, which I'm now going to, um, I know there's been lots of stuff on the website for months now but I'm going to try and talk a bit about the catalyst in the context of this of this overall um, mission to increase philanthropy. Um, so when I talk about catalyst, it's, it's, a, it's a subtle difference, but it helps me internally, probably not much interest to all of you, but when I talk about catalyst, I'm talking about the overarching scheme, which is ourselves with the DCMS and with the Heritage Lottery Fund. And that basically means where we're sharing on the endowment scheme. The schemes that we went on to develop ourselves internally where we're just using lottery money in the Arts Council is the capacity building and match funding scheme, which tends to get shorthanded in in the office for us as the 30 million pot. Um, And both of those first two endowments and capacity building and match funding have of course already been launched. So launched on the 29th of September, applications opened on the 1st of November. The 7 million small capacity building grant scheme, we haven't launched yet. That will be launched in the new year and it will open from 1st of April. Because we started doing that, Heritage Lottery Fund felt that they also wanted to do some capacity building as well. Um, And they um, put some of their money into a smaller pot, which museums can apply to. And we have a remaining pot of money, 3 million. Um, which you may have heard referenced but no details on, and that's mainly because we haven't quite worked out how best to spend it yet. And what I've been doing as we've been running these workshops all around the country for the last two or three weeks is I've been asking everybody attending, um, when they fill in their evaluation sheet at the end of the day, can you please pop some ideas down? And I've had some really quite interesting 
actually some very interesting ideas on how to spend the three million. But the idea is to spend it to share learning and knowledge around capacity building and fundraising across the arts sector, not just necessarily the arts organisations that the Arts Council currently fund. So how do we get the word out there to all arts organisations? So it's, a, it's really meant to be a sharing learning pot but the best and the most effective way of doing it, um, I'm looking for some ideas. Okay, so just dive down again into a bit more detail um, um, around these specific schemes. Um, the government came up with 15 million for Catalyst Arts Endowments, and we added 10 million of lottery money to that, so we've got 25 million for endowments. Um, as I said, we've got 30 million of pure lottery money for the capacity building and match funding scheme. And we've got seven million, as I said, for the one that's going to be announced in the new year, the seven million pot. Um, because it was about capacity building and because of goal three around organisation resilience and private giving in achieving great art for everyone, I thought it would be helpful to set up some workshops to help um, people make a step change in their funding plans. Um, not a briefing on how to fill in an application form for Catalyst, but very much trying to give some ideas and some thoughts, um, and that's what we've been running for the last few weeks. Um, if each of you leave here today with one idea or one initiative or something you're going to do differently which will make a difference to your capacity building and resilience in your organisation, then for me, I, I think that that's, that's a tick in the box. I, I hope you'll feel the same. Um, Veronica touched on the endowments herself because um, we do have an advisory panel that is going to look at all the endowment applications from Heritage Lottery Fund and from ourselves and is going to make some recommendations on size of awards and who they think should get awards. And that advisory panel is chaired by Michael Portillo and as Veronica has mentioned, she's very kindly one of the um, advisory panel members who will be tasked with doing this in February and March in the new year. <coughs> Now, the capacity building and match funding scheme has caused quite a lot of debate and discussion, and um, I'd like to make sure I really try and nail and explain it here. Organisational resilience, diversifying income streams from earned income, corporate sponsorship, all this is good stuff. This is all around capacity building. And the sort of awards that we're going to have available will be encouraging you to do things in all these areas, but particularly in private giving. When it comes to getting some match funding in, we have to meet the agenda, which is around philanthropy. Therefore, for match funding, the money needs to come from private giving. So we're talking about capacity building, which is the whole encompassing area, as I said, earned income, corporate sponsorship, private giving. Within that, actual match funding for endowments and for this scheme as well is around attracting new money from philanthropy, from trusts, from foundations, from private donors, from friend schemes and so on. And we'll talk more about that in greater detail during the day. It is all around hoping to make a step change in your capacity, as I said. Um, the awards will very much fund capacity building in year one. We hope people will start match funding in year two, and we expect year three to be completely match funding. And I keep giving people examples because they ask me, supposing you, an organisation applies for an award of 120,000. Roughly speaking, that would be 40,000 capacity building in year one, 
probably 40,000 match funding in year two and 40,000 in year three. But if something that you want to capacity build is going to cost you 50,000 and you want to take 40,000 in year one, but you still have a bit left over and you want a bit more money for capacity building in year two before you start match funding, as long as your plan's realistic, that's fine by us. But being realistic, we've so far will have had... Um, with a waiting, we've still got a waiting list of over 200 people, but we will, by the end of today, have put 700 people through these workshops. And realistically, 30 million doesn't divide awfully well with 700. So I'd quite like you to park this and think of this as being capacity building and ideas on fundraising. Not everybody in the room will want to apply for a Catalyst Award, and certainly not everybody in the room would get one with those sorts of sums. And we don't have an advisory panel um, uh, assessing or looking or recommending or advising um, on the applications for this. It's all done in-house and it's very much done at regional level with a priority list from area level and then just the final decision going through um, the executive board of the Arts Council. So the smaller scheme in the new year, no match funding needed. This is very much to help organisations who perhaps have been completely reliant on public funding up until now um, to make a start um, in building some capacity in fundraising. Um, so it will be a simple one-off awards. It will be run very much like Grants for the Arts is run. Straightforward application process, rolling programme over two years run by the Hive in Manchester and very much along the same lines as Grants for the Arts. So pretty much light touch, stick an application in, say what you want to use it for, what kind of capacity building you want to do and it will be pretty, pretty straightforward and we expect the awards to be um, around the 20,000 mark, between about 15 and 25,000 according to what you put in for. Okay, maybe to invest in some donor screenings and platforms and databases, it may be to get a fundraiser in maybe to free up some time of um, board's time to be out there networking and trying to fundraise to do even to free up some time to do some basic stuff in the in the office it's whatever you feel is the best way of building some capacity um, so just to remind you that uh, this is this is a mixture in talking about today around the second part of goal three in achieving great art for everyone which is all about diversifying income streams and encouraging private giving and around the Secretary of State's agenda which is about philanthropy um, which is all around the gift rather than necessarily corporate sponsorship which is around the brand and the logo and the contractual relationship. Okay. Now, we have about 20 minutes before the next speaker, so um, I'm very happy to take questions. Right. Um, I think we've got, a, we've got a microphone in the room. Um, we've got one or we've got two? We've got two. And if, um, if you could possibly say who you are and what organisation you're representing when you um, ask your question. If you put your hands up, then I'll take the questions, and Ginny is obviously here to, to help answer them. Can I squeeze through? Uh, hi, uh, my name's uh, Paddy Chaston and I work for Innova. I, I think I already know the answer to this question, but I just want to double check. Um, would a membership scheme be okay for the match funding? So that's not asking people to give, it's, it's delivering a service and it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't, for tax reasons, it wouldn't be a donation, but it would still be getting new people to, to put money into the sector. So a membership scheme, would that 
would that be okay or would that be excluded from the, from the match funding? Well, I'm, I'm looking at our relationship managers, and we've got several of them here from the Arts Council d today, scattered around the room, and I, I, I'd like to ask them to stand up at this point so that you can see who they are. Oh, isn't this exciting? Um, right. Um, thank you. You can sit down now. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm looking at them because they'll soon turn around if I give a different answer to you <laughs> I've given to them. As far as I'm concerned, Peter, please give me some eye contact now. I think it's okay. It's, I consider that to be private giving. Because they would be paying for a service effectively. They wouldn't be giving money out of any sort of philanthropic desire. They would be doing it in order to get something in return, but that would still count. As long as it's enhanced, because there's this big thing about new money. Mm. So new money doesn't necessarily mean brand new donors or brand new givers. It does. Mean, it also means an enhanced relationship with existing ones. Okay. So if you use your existing membership scheme to match fund in, that's really not in the spirit of the game. Yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. okay. If you're doing some enhancements and doing something additional and incremental, then that's in the spirit of the game. Okay. okay. I think that was a, an excellent fast ball for our opening question. So let's see what we've got coming next. Thank you very much. This made, made me think. Yes. <laughs> Normally I can just go wham, wham, wham. I've got to think about that one. Any more questions? One from the front here. Tim Burley from Arts Depot. Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to know, um, it's described as the, in the, uh, as three equal parts. I'm just wondering if there's any flexibility for the, for the middle scheme within that third, third, third. Yes, yes. And that's what I was trying to say, that you know, we, you're very welcome to apply for capacity building in your first year and you won't have to match fund that or anything. It's just treated as a grant, an award. Um, if a bit of it, you need a bit more money and therefore it runs into the second year and so you put in your plan something that makes sense to your regional office, then that's fine. You know, you can put in a bit of extra money. Mm. But really, by the second year, we're expecting you to start using that increased capacity to start match funding. Would it be feasible, though, to sort of draw more funds down in that initial, cat in that initial period in year one and slightly less in years two and three? I'm looking at you now, Gemma. <laughs> If it made sense, if it's a realistic plan, we've tried, this is the trouble, you either do really tight rules and then it's inflexible for people, or you make it flexible and say, talk to your regional office, if they know you, they know you better than we do, That'll, if it's a realistic plan, they see you can make a step change in your capacity, then that's okay. We've tried to keep it loose and flexible. Thank okay? you. Uh, this is Peter Heslip, I'm the uh, area lead for uh, Catalyst for London. Um, what we've been talking about, because this, this has been a very common question actually, is that I think the, the emphasis in London and, and, and in other regions indeed um, is the notion of the step change. And so if an organization is using capacity building, I, we're investing directly in your resources to deliver something new and different. In year three, we would want to see some, some evidence that or, or, or a real sense that there is going to be a step change and that whatever you're implementing is sustainable mm -hmm. after the Arts Council of Funding is gone. I think, mm -hmm. I think that's a very important thing to emphasize. We are conscious, though, that not everybody in the room is from London region, okay? But thank you, Peter. Uh, at the thank back. You. Question at the back. Um, I'm Ingrid Swenson. I'm from Peer. Um, and my question is 
about how much work is the Arts Council doing talking to the trusts and foundations, who I often, well, recently I've felt that some of the ones that have been um, organizations at trusts and foundations that I would go to traditionally um, have, have decreased their support to the smaller arts organizations um, and continue their support for the larger ones, sort of, say, Tate. And an example, I don't know if it's fair to use examples, but for, um, the Henry Moore Foundation will, um, for example, make a grant to Tate for a major exhibition by an artist who is well-established. Um, and that exhibition would have happened with or without the Henry Moore Foundation support, whereas the smaller organizations, like the one that I run, aren't getting the support for much smaller sums of money. Mm. And the question really is about, um, it seems to me that is a kind of a branding exercise by trust and foundation. Um, and the smaller, the smaller organizations aren't getting the smaller sums of money, which would be transformative. And mm. it would make the difference between something happening or not happening. OK, I'm going to handle that two ways. The second part, the point you're making, I'm going to throw this on Robert and ask him to um, refer to it when he does his, um, his presentation. Is that OK? Um, good. Right, there you go. Pass it over to the Trust, uh, Trust and Foundation. Um, uh, the first part I'll ask myself, which is you said, to what degree are we, um, the Arts Council, engaging with Trusts and Foundations? We have a biannual meeting with the Trusts and Foundations group, and that was the last one was uh, two weeks ago two weeks ago tomorrow, um, and the uh, two executive board directors and myself went along, and one of the things I did then was talk about Catalyst. In fact, we talked about Catalyst quite a lot um, in terms of where we're seeking support for arts organisations around match funding, both for the endowment scheme and for this scheme as well. Um, so with the resources we've got and the advocacy role we have, we are out there engaging with um, trust and foundation. And it's not just happening at that at that level, if you like, when the three of us went along and had this sort of uh, engaged with several of the f several foundations. It also happens at an individual level, um, where relationship managers and area and regional directors also go along and have meetings with the foundations in their area. And in fact, I've, we've been quite lucky with, through the Catalyst workshops because I've managed to sweet talk somebody from a foundation <laughs> to do this next. Uh, session at each of the events around the country, so they've been able to talk about it from their perspective. So I think you know, I, I think you'll find that helpful, and I, I'm sure Robert will address the second part through that as well. If not, come back to us at the panel. Okay, we want to, don't want anyone leaving without their questions being answered today. Back, gentleman at the back with a blue shirt. Uh, thank you, Art Hewitt, Theatre Royal Margate. Um, I've had sort of some confusing um, response to questions about activity. Mm. Catalyst is primarily aimed at increasing capacity and attracting new money from different, I mean, new forms of money and match funding new money from individual giving and philanthropy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How is this linked in the Arts Council's mind to new activity? From our point of view, we have an operation which we are already trying to diversify the income to support. Mm. Um, my first question to our relationship manager uh, at our regional arts board was, what, how, how, what does, how does this relate to activity? Mm. And in the application form, I see it's just about meeting the objectives of the Arts Council, which is fine, because mm. I think the work we're doing already does. Mm. Um, but the answer I got back was it is, has to be attached to new activity. And I felt that was like catch-22 again, mm. where we're trying to 
diversify income streams to support our current operation and activity mm. and want to carry on doing that. Um, but if it has to be attached to new activity on top of our current operation, we're already climbing a mountain and there's another mountain behind it. Yeah, okay. Right, thank you for that. Um, I'm going I'm to give a big answer, okay, because I want to try... Uh, there were a couple of points that... Implications from what you said there. It, I think you're talking about incremental artistic activity, are you? The artistic contribution element. Um, yes, but, yeah. I mean, we, we have activity. Mm. But if we're constantly being asked to put pile more activity, that this money has to be attached to additional activity to what we're currently doing. Mm. We're finding what we're currently doing has to be serviced by a diversification of income already, you know, mm. it's not... Okay. All right. Well, I think, th I think, again, it's about being flexible and us being sane, and it is about a conversation yeah. and a dialogue which you've already started having with your local office, yeah. which I guess is in Brighton, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have we got any... No, we have got any southeast relationship managers here? Ah, there you are. Okay. I, I'm not going to say something that's different to what you said. Um, we want to see, and we've put this in the application form as well, what you consider to be any enhanced artistic contribution as a result of your capacity building. It doesn't mean that's going to be immediate. It doesn't mean you're sort of saying, well, if, you, if we capacity build this year, we're going to put on this extra show next year. It's more about if we can build capacity, if we can diversify income streams, if we can have a really mixed fundraising plan, which includes this little element that's specifically around private giving you know we anticipate we will be able to continue and enhance and it's about making a sensible plan and having a sensible conversation with your local office because what will happen eventually is they're going to be snowed under we're already it's pretty obvious to us already from the number of in for the amount of interest that we're going to have a huge amount of applications somehow they're going to have to go through and prioritize at a, at a local office level where are the ones where they know the organization where it's a sensible plan and it's showing that they're going to by doing it they'll make a step change in capacity okay so I think it, it is all about the dialogue beforehand now the where is sorry I've lost you I've lost you again is that the kind of answer you're giving broadly yes I think there is a I think a lot of people have been asking questions about the additional artistic activity mm -hmm. um, the question about the additional artistic activity uh, comes up quite a lot and I've spoken to an organisation who have a very clear plan for a very new thing which they think will be attractive to donors. Mm. It'll also be attractive to sponsors and it's quite complicated to pick your way through that in terms of a catalyst application. Mm. Um, the additional activity, we're also being told if you are an NPO, is laid out in your funding agreement and therefore it's obvious that it needs to be something that sits outside of your funding agreement. And that's the guidance that we've been given, mm. uh, which, as I say, in theory, is fairly clear. If you're not an MPO, like Theatre or Margate, um, I think the answer you've given is, is, is very much the answer we're giving because we don't know exactly what it is you were planning to do over the next three years anyway. <laughs> okay. Blunt. Hey, all right. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I think I'm going to say again, and this is the thing with this, is because we've not been rigid and we've, because we've tried to be flexible to allow for every different size organisation and different starting points, the answers are going to be different according to the organisation. And that's why I've very much pushed it, I've pushed it out to the regional offices and say, you know the arts organisations in your region. You're the best fit, best set up to have sensible conversations with people. I can't give answers from the centre. 
because we want to be flexible because we're actually trying to help. How am I doing? Still got a bit of time. Yes, yeah. we've got okay. another 10 minutes. Um, okay. The gentleman in the purple shirt in the middle. <coughs> yes, hello. Um, Paul Hudson from the Thames Festival. Um, I just had a question really about the, the difference in, in, uh, uh, between the, the funding for capacity building in the first year mm. and then when you say funding for or match, match the funding. funds for match funding in the subsequent years. Mm. Um, I think it's great that you don't need to be showing any return on investment if you like till year two, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the expenditure might well presumably be the same if you're setting something up. There'll be some setup costs, but you mm. will have some expenditure that will go over the three years. So I just wondered a little bit about this. There was just a, a, a much of a, it seemed to be rather heavy distinction between um, the di between the two types of expenditure that we, will, we will could, could spend the catalyst money on. Mm. And I was just a little bit worried about that, but I didn't quite understand that. Well, I'll give you an answer again, mm. and tell me if I'm not answering your question. We, we wanted to put money in so people could spend a year capacity I building. I think the question you're asking, for example, if you put in a new database, that's a, that's a start-up cost for, mm. for a new programme. Mm. If, for example, you're hiring a fundraiser, I think Julie's made very clear that, that the initial money helps you hire that fundraiser, but then the fundraiser is expected to bring in funds in order to justify her existence, his, his yeah. or her existence. So, so in, in the second year, there's new money coming in, but the catalyst <coughs> money is still paying for the fundraiser. That was, my, that was my question. Or the match funding is paying for the fundraiser, and the catalyst money goes into the artistic programme. Is that... I'm going to bring you back. I think this has better be my last answer on this one because I'm conscious other people trying to ask. The, I'm going to bring you back to what I said in terms of it's down to your plan. You put in, if you want to apply, put in your plan what you want to use it for. Okay, so if you feel you need some in year two to continue to still match part of a salary of a fundraiser, put that in the plan and say, okay, we actually want 50,000, 40 in year one, 10 in year two, and then we will then commit to, to get in some additional incremental private giving and we will match fund in the rest of year two and into year three. That's up to you and your plan. Now, you know, you, it's competitive, so your plan's going to be sitting against someone else's plan and you're coming from a different starting point to they are. So it's a tough old job for the relationship managers in the regions to sort of assess and compare. Yeah. But that's, that's what we're trying to offer, okay? okay right, I think we'll move on to the next question, please. At the same table, um, a lady with a black jumper and pink shirt. Uh, Lynette Chambry from Little Angel Theatre. Could I ask you to clarify about sponsorship mm. from corporates and mm. um, where that fits within the match funding? Mm. The reason I ask is that we have a specific event happening in 2013 which I ha believe has the capacity to attract sponsorship. Mm. Does that count as uh, towards the private giving? Mm. Okay. Um, because there'll be benefits in return. Right. What we've written in the guidance notes is we've got a heading, um, and I can't remember where it is now, I think it's page four, which is headed up at the top, um, Ideas for Capacity Building. And we list under Ideas for Capacity Building a whole range of things that you would have in your overall capacity building plan. So a mixture of earned income, um, franchising, you know, getting, um, getting Starbucks to set up a cafe in your lobby if you're a theatre or something. Whole mixture of all kinds of things you can do for capacity building. Corporate sponsorship, private giving schemes. We just try and throw some ideas out there. But separately, if you're going to apply for the match funding bit, 
that needs to be match funded with some private giving, so not using corporate sponsorship, because that's where we're trying to meet the Secretary of State's agenda. So for capacity building, you can do any of those things that are improving and enhancing your capacity. When you go for match funding in year two and year three, and exactly the same as with endowments across the whole thing, that has to come from everything but corporate sponsorship. That's all about increasing philanthropy. So does that mean that corporate philanthropy could be included exactly donations but yes not sponsorship exactly that's the difference so corporate sponsorship no brand logo labels corporate philanthropy donations trusts and foundations private giving of any type individual philanthropists donor schemes anything like that absolutely fine we have one corporate we have a, a relationship with where they are uh, they, they uh, donate um, uh, for no uh, necessary sort of branding or anything like that for certain activities, but then other activities they require some sort of branding awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, can that be split out yes. in the application? Okay. Yes, it can be split out. So the, what we would call corporate philanthropy, the donation that doesn't require any branding or anything like that, that is fine. You count that as philanthropy. Again, if it's additional, if it's incremental, you know, if it's the same thing they do every year, this is all about new money. And the, the way it was coming across to us originally via the DCMS was new money meant it had to be attracting new private givers into the arts sector. We said that doesn't make sense. You know, we need, to, we need to be a bit more generous on the definition. So we pushed very hard and got for new money to also mean a new incremental enhanced relationship with existing donors. So if you go to your corporate and say, well, thank you very much. It's nice you sponsored this and you've got your label on it and all the rest of it. And you also give us this. If you can give us some more, the each of the next couple of years, we can get that match funded because it'll be incremental money. And that's it, we're trying to use the scheme then to attract the donor to give you more money or a new donor. Is that clear? I think we'll have to okay. move on. Um, we're going to we'll take two more questions. The gentleman at the back um, who's got his hands up. Um, Bernie McDermott working with the old Vic. Um, I'm interested in the naming issues. Um, we all know that over, the, over many years now within the arts, a donation has resulted in a a name being attached to an auditorium, a gallery, whatever. Very, very common. Mm. If a company made a donation that resulted in part of a, an arts organisation naming a foyer auditorium, but it was a donation that was no, not compatible contract, but it was still named, I assume that would be classed as a donation and therefore private giving. Because that is the only way that can be consistent with naming areas after individuals or trusts and foundations. Hmm. I'm looking at you. <laughs> you shouldn't have turned around. <laughs> I think for this one, I'm also looking for expertise on stage as well. Um, donor recognition is not normally a viable kind of benefit as far as a tax man is concerned, and that's why. Um, a corporate foundation can, can, can make a, a purely philanthropic gift as an individual donor or an individual trust or foundation can make a gift to support an organization in some way and have their name put on the wall or recognized in other ways. And I think that's, that's actually recognized by the tax man in a different way than sponsorship would be. And so in terms of philanthropic giving, um, as Ginny said earlier, the current agenda is, is very much about donor recognition as well to overall increase philanthropy. So I think it would be quite odd to, to disqualify something just because there was an element of recognition to it. Mm -hmm. So, right. thank you. Okay, thank you. I, I, think, um, I think we should stop. If you would like us to move on to the next session.
Um, I'm sure there are lots more questions, and there will be many opportunities for everybody to have their say and to ask questions. Mm. So, um, Can I just say two things on yes. that? Yes, I'm not stopping because the questions are getting interesting, because they are getting very interesting. I just don't want to blow the agenda because we've got different speakers coming through the day. But I um, will be sitting in one of the master classes, and we'll have a panel at the end of the afternoon with speakers on here. And so please keep your questions and make sure they come up and they get answered before the end of the day. Thank you. This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash Arts Council England.